0: Saw me standing alone Welcome to The Slotted Lamb, a movies by minute watch of the John Landis written and directed 1981 heart. horror classic, An American World from London. I'm your host, Troy, and I want to thank you for joining me on this journey. So here we go with today's episode, which is uh, the Tuesday episode. And uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to Groundhog's Day. And we are going to be breaking down and examining minute 59. Saw me standing alone welcome a to The Slotted Lamb, heart, a movies by minute watch of the John Landis written heart, and directed 1981 horror classic, An American World in London. I'm your host Troy, and I want to thank you for joining me on this journey. So here we go with today's episode, which is uh, the Tuesday episode, and uh, hello everyone and welcome to Groundhog's Day. And we are going to be breaking down and examining minute 59. And this minute starts with one eye is a thinking for an eye and ends with God what? So this minute continues on with uh, David doing his pacing back and forth within Alex's flat, uh, the living room area. He paces uh, three more times, left and right, left and right, left and right sort of thing. And uh, we, again, are playing against with uh, CCR, ending off in the uh, still playing in the background of the actual episode. What was kind of interesting is that the full locked-off shot uh, at the very second when David heads from the left side of the screen to the right side of the screen for the first time in this uh, minute the actual camera actually slightly turns slightly more towards the right because it looks like David is about to go out of frame for this particular uh, sequence and it's just like a slight nudge, a nudge over just to make sure that uh, David Naughton stays within the shot. We then cut to the shot of the Children's Hospital where Benjamin is laying with his little uh, bear uh teddy bear tucked under his arm uh he obviously is not quite asleep right now we can see his little uh laurel and hardy uh comic book is tucked under his pillows as actually from off camera alex enters the scene and actually kneels down at the uh bedside of uh benjamin and of course alex uh asks innocently asks him a question about uh his uh, his evening right now, and of course, Alec, uh Benjamin answers his typical way. How are we feeling tonight? Yeah. Which uh, gives Alex quite a bit of a shock uh, face. And then when she reiterates to inquire as to what he is referring to again, Benjamin gives his typical answer. No, what? No. Yeah. Uh, so after Alex gives his, her inquiry of the situation. Benjamin gives his typical response. Benjamin, have you ever been severely beaten about the face and neck? And Alex responds that I thought not. Alex then uh, is telling Benjamin that it is time for bed and that uh, he should uh, be sleeping right now. I'll go to sleep. Sweet dreams. And uh, as she tucks him in one final time, both at the same time, Alex and Benjamin give out the same response. Alex then, realizing that uh, she has gotten uh, a big-time smile out of Benjamin, yeah, they both uh, start to do a little bit of laughing. He's giggling. She goes in for some tickling action. And as he tickles, as she tickles him, the camera starts to pan up and look out the window that is uh, next to uh, Benjamin's bed. And it is this time where the, uh, where the, um, music uh, picks up, um, actually, the the song Blue Moon by uh, Sam Cooke from 1959 starts to play. So here's a little bit of background about the uh, song Blue Moon, which was originally, according to this research, uh, written by uh, Richard Rogers and uh, Lorenz Hart in 1943. So Rogers and Hart uh, were contracted by uh, Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer in 1933. Uh, They were commissioned to write a song for the movie Hollywood Party, uh, which was to star many of the studio's top artists. Uh, Rogers recalls one of the ideas that had come into the scene in which uh, Jean Harlow is shown as an innocent young girl saying, or rather singing, her prayers. Uh, How the sequence fitted into the movie... I haven't got the finest idea, but the purpose was to express Harlow's overwhelming ambition to become a movie star. And uh, the song was not recorded, and the movie was released without Harlow in it as well uh, in 1943. The song was not recorded. The movie was released without Harlow in 1934. An MGM song number two two five, "Prayer," uh, dated June 14th, 1933, was registered for copyright as an unpublished work on July 10th, 1933. Hart uh, wrote new lyrics for the tune to create uh, a title song for the 19. 19- 34 film, Manhattan Melodrama. The song, which was also titled It's Just That Kind of a Party, was cut from the film before release and registered for copyright as an unpublished work on March 30th, 1934. The studio then asked for a nightclub number for the film. Rogers still liked the melody, so Hart wrote uh, the third lyrics, uh, The Bad uh, in Every Man, Uh, which was sung by Shirley Ross. After the film was released by MGM, Jack Robbins, the head of the studio publishing company, uh, decided that the tune was uh, suited for commercial release, but uh, needed more romantic lyrics and a punchier title. Hart was initially reluctant to write yet another uh, lyric, but he was persuaded. Robbins uh, licensed the song to Hollywood Hotel, a radio program that used it as its theme, and the covers of Robbins' uh, 1934 sheet music edition credits Ted Fiorito as introducing the song, uh, recorded on Brunswick 7315, October 19th, 1934. The song charted to the top for 18 weeks in Variety, reaching number one on January 26, 1935. The song was also recorded by Glenn Gray and the Casa Loma Orchestra for Decca Records in November 1934, and Connie Boswell for Brunswick Records in 1935. It subsequently was featured in at least seven MGM films including the Marx Brothers at the circus in 1939 and Viva Las Vegas in 1964 so the camera then uh, zooms in and focuses on the actual moon and zooms closer and closer in then all of a sudden we cut to David back in alex's uh flat he is sitting down in the original uh chair and uh, is actually reading the uh has the novel open to near the end of the book uh obviously he's either knows the story because he is aware of the movie version of this particular book and then all of a sudden within like less than a second of the shot being back to David in the uh, in the uh, flat. He uh, s- screams out loud, Jesus raises his hands up to his uh, head and uh, f- tosses the book to the ground. We then do a quick shot to a further back pulled back shot of uh, David sitting down there and we can see more of the uh, living room and all of a sudden we can totally see that uh, David's t-shirt is completely drenched in uh, sweat as David runs his hands up into his hair and starts to pull at his scalp in extreme pain. He then screams out once more Then his forward momentum uh, coming out of the chair drops him to his knees and he actually falls forward and actually has to support himself from completely falling over by uh, grabbing at the couch as well. One hand still grasping into his air as uh, as he is in severe, severe pain. He then straightens out his back and actually leans back in, in, even further, his uh, head uh, thrown back and his hand still grasping at his forehead, and he screams out one more time. God oh. And then we hit the end of this particular minute because stuff is now about to get wild. Over on the commentary track, Griffin Dunn asks why John Landis never used the Warren Zeon song. Now, where it isn't actually discussed by Griffin Dunn or by David Naughton, the actual uh, Warren Zeon song that they are referring to, or at the very least, Griffin Dunn is referring to, is Werewolves of London. And then David Naughton mentions that they were in talks with Cat Stevens about using Moonshadow but that he did not want his song used because he believed that uh, werewolves actually existed a little later on during the uh, tickling sequence between alex and benjamin griffin dunn mentions that that kid is probably still going on about jenny when it comes to the script Scene 52, interior, children's ward, night, it is the scene between Alex and Benjamin is exactly as it plays out in the movie. Scene 53, interior, Alex's flat, night, also finds David sitting and reading like it does in the movie. According to the radio drama, the following scene is after David has had his most recent face check, uh, brings Dr. Hirsch again, reprised by John Woodvine, asking Nurse Gallagher if she knows if Nurse Price has seen the Kessler boy since his uh, release. Alex enters the room to answer the question. He then asks Nurse Price to join him in his office. Back in Alex's flat, David continues to doubt the werewolf thing, deciding that all he needs is a good meal, eight hours of sleep, but he's bored and he's looking for something to read. Finally settling on a copy of A Connecticut Yankee, he remembers seeing the Bing Crosby movie. Once he starts reading the opening of the novel, he is suddenly hit with curse-inducing pain. And on that note, that brings us to the end of another minute of An American World from London and the end of this episode of Welcome to the Slaughtered Lamb. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast on either Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast catchers. And if you'd be so kind as to share, rate, and review us, that would be really cool too. If you feel like following this podcast on the social medias, you can follow Planet Geek Pod, all one word, on Instagram and Twitter. And if we'd like to send us in a message via email, send it to planetgeekpod at gmail.com. So until next time, remember, keep off the moors, stick to the roads. Best of luck. <laughs> Standing alone Welcome to The Slotted Lamb, a movies by minute watch of the John Landis written and directed 1981 horror classic, An American World from London. I'm your host Troy, and I want to thank you for joining me on this journey. So here we go with today's episode, which is uh, the Tuesday episode. And uh, hello everyone, and welcome to Groundhog's Day. And we are going to be breaking down and examining Minute 59. So until next time, remember, keep off the moors, stick to the roads, best of luck.